Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Hello, hello. I dig your witch's brew cup. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was in my, I was making a hot chocolate. And I'm like, I need a really good mug. That's like, amazing. Like this one. Nice. I'm just sipping on some club soda. <laughs> Sad can of club soda. <laughs> oh, well. I like the bubbles. Mm-hmm. So like you have the cauldron and I have the bubbles. <laughs> that's a good idea. I have a cup that's like, it's the shape of a cauldron, which I love, but now I want to decal it like yours. I've got a silhouette. We could do that. I can make you a decal. Don't ask me how to do it. I don't know yet. That's not my <laughs> I do it to make cards. It's amazing. Podcast project. Yeah. Arts and crafts with Carol and Aaron. <laughs> Stay tuned for a future episode. We'll make our own um, our own merch. <laughs> hey, I'm down. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Anyways, you were gonna ask me something and I interrupted. I totally Dude. forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, oh, whatever. Uh, oh my gosh, listeners, we're in a mood today. Um, overall, for me, the energy's been pretty lull this past week. Chill vibe. I'm looking forward to it being spring. Yes. Um, but with the world being as heavy and as much fuckery that there is out in the world, we thought we would um, do some card pulls and cackles. So yeah. I have my cards. My Ooh, deck is uh, Earth Magic, the mm-hmm. Oracle Oracle cards by Stephen D. Farmer. And uh, I think you look like you've got your new fancy deck. Yeah, I have the Rose Oracle deck from hey. uh, Rebecca Campbell. I There's a funny story to this because like when I first saw it pop up on my Amazon account, because, you know, I'm honestly too ridiculous to go out into the world these days um (laughs) i I hermit unless i have to go to work i still choose isolation also (laughs) yeah um just don't force it upon me in which case then i get angry yeah (laughs) are you listening out there universe all we want is choice yeah you might be surprised by what we actually choose (laughs) yeah um but yeah, when it popped up on my Amazon account or, um, you know, like these things could be for you or whatever, of course, I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know, like I've got our other two decks. Maybe I should get this one. And the more I looked at it, the more I was disgusted by it. And like, I can't quite explain to you why I had such a disgust, like just a ugh to it. Like I'm like her starseed deck. I mean, it's kind of works for me, but it kind of doesn't really resonate. And then the, the um, work your light deck, I haven't touched that in like a couple of years um I think it's just because I've kind of pulled away from her energy like it's very love and light and fluffy and I'm just like there's more to it than you know love and light there's like darkness that you have to explore too um but since coming back to my whole goddessy self um I've been looking at this deck and I'm like I really feel a pull to this card deck like I just I feel like it's very goddessy and fluffy granted I don't like just the blanket fluffiness that we give to all goddesses. Mm. You know, like, I mean, you've got your dark goddesses, like, um, you know, the Morrigan and, um, you know, Lilith and Hecate and, and, you know, some of the ones like that, Hel or Hela, however you want to pronounce her name from uh, Norse mythology and stuff. But for a majority of the, the goddesses that a lot of people work with, they're all very light and fluffy. And it's just like, that's not it like if but you only at, one side of the spectrum yeah i was gonna say if you look at a lot of them they're like for example freya 
she's love and fertility and sex also <laughs> and the you know valkyries and like all this like raw energy and I'm like I'm all over that and Callie is a really good one for that as well like she is broad spectrum it's right? interesting because like the version of Callie that I first was introduced to was that warrior goddess style mm-hmm. but once you start to work more with her and you start to realize that it's actually more like tough love warrior than like, I'm going to put an end to this because it's not in your highest, greatest good. It might suck for a little while, but you'll understand when you're on the other side of it. So she is dark energy first, but then you see the nurturing, which is super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, one of the goddesses that I'd worked with for I don't know, years prior to, you know, really branching out and exploring was the goddess Isis. Mm. And like, even her energy too, like, you know, when I first was introduced to her, I mean, I was introduced to like the mother and the nurturing side and and she's always got that gentle, firm mother energy to me. But if you look at it too, like she was also the goddess of death and she was the one who created the funeral, uh, funeral rites and like the mummification process and things like that. Like there's so much nuance in all of these goddesses that I think when we just look at the one side, like just the light and fluffy stuff, you lose so much of it. Um, which is just really interesting. And especially as I'm delving more into the goddess work, I'm just like, we got to have both guys. And it's the same thing with the divine feminine, right? Like there's that, that creation energy and that nurturing energy, but just as much as that, like most of the divine feminine have a dis- an element of the destruction as well. You can't have creation without destruction. That is very true. That's kind of like that old adage joke of like, you know, I brought you into this world, therefore I can take you out of it. joke that is like along the mother's circles there like I've definitely I mean I don't have kids but I've heard that statement so many times it's very entertaining I yeah I don't often say this to my child but I like there's times where I'm like oh if I could just put you back where you came from but (laughs) for myself (laughs) that is interesting interesting. I am actually I do have the starseed oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell and Daniel Noel but um I only use that when I'm tapping into the galactic stuff because I find that like I have other decks as well. Like I have a dragon Oracle card deck. I have the ISIS deck that I think you and I both have that, that deck. Well, that one is an ass kick. Holy, like you think that it's, it's, I love like, that card. it's so layered with such good energy and inter- interesting. Like what's the word for it? The, the descriptions itself are set themselves apart from the artistry of the cards and, and the imagery that you see with the cards, because like, I can just stare at those cards and, you get sucked into this vortex of, of what mythical things may have or may not have been happening and like what is really true versus like, like fantasy when it comes to Egypt and all of that. And then I have the Oracle Mermaids deck, which you gifted to me, which I've only played with a little bit. And then I have this really entertaining one by Doreen Virtue. Um, it's a butterfly Oracle deck, but it's very much that love and light and bypassing and positive vibes only bullshit that helps you in your hardest times to get through things but doesn't give you the right things you might need to actually do the work to stop worrying about all the negative vibes you're trying to avoid yeah yeah no I hear that I don't know it's it's interesting how the more I kind of get into this work 
the more I kind of branch away from what's written in the books. Like I, now these days, when I pick up an Oracle deck, maybe the Isis Oracle is the only one that I still go back to the book to, but, but that's because there's so much to that. Oh, yeah. um, and, and anyone who has that Isis Oracle deck, like, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I would grab it, but it's like literally buried <laughs> under some. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, now you're going to hear all my cards fall. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I got it. I got um, it, but it was on the bottom of the pile. Anyway, I'll see if it shows up in the video. There we go. By Alana Fairchild. Yes. Oh, I love that deck. It's so good. Um, but yeah, like I find even, even this one, like the Rose Oracle, like I have, I've picked out a couple of cards and I did some, some readings for the people in my group. Um, mm -hmm. And like, even just looking at the cards, I'll, you know, cause I don't know the 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 card meanings entirely the way she wants them to be read yeah so what i'll do is i'll pick a card and then i'll go and look at the book and i'll but i'll kind of get an idea of what the card means to me and then i'll read the book message and then while i'm reading that i'm like nah it doesn't feel like it and then i'll actually most of the time my meanings are a little bit more um a little less love and light are now and are a little bit more realistic mm -hmm. um than what she wants you to, you know, go down a path of. And yeah, it's very interesting. But one of the things that I really, really love, um, cause I was, I, I do this weird thing where I actually sit down and I read the Oracle books and like actually read like the foreword and what they're, you know, why they are the way they are and what they're <laughs> based off of and that kind of stuff. Um, and where was it? She had written in here. Um, there was something that like, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but, um, I can't quite remember, but it's, this book has such a really good, um, such a beautiful way of explaining why the roses, um, and it's interesting because the roses are really connected to most, if not well, I won't say all of the goddesses, obviously, because it's very not likely that it is all goddesses, but it does have a lot of, um, like, goddesses have a lot of ties to roses. Like, um, she goes on to say about, like, Ishtar and Isis, Aphrodite, Venus, uh, Inanna, and Mother Mary, and then even further back. Um, there was another part here where she talks about how um, there's, like, there was some sort of like, not secret society, that's not quite the right word to it, but um, I think she links it back to like the, uh, the Sophia or Sophia or however you want to see it. Mm -hmm. um, like that energy at the, like, the beginning of the creation of the world when we are told that God was, you know, creating things. Um, Sophia or Sophia was like the, um, like the, the feminine energy that was there the feminine consciousness that was there. Cause I was thinking the other day, I'm like, it's very unlikely that a man just like snapped his finger. Oh, sorry, not a man. He's a God just snapped his fingers and was like creation. And then decided to make women the bearers of life. Please explain that one to me, God. Uh, that one doesn't feel right either. Like, right? You, like there's a really good chance that creation came from a woman and from, from the beginning and or maybe at the very least there was a divine union but right. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's a, that's a funny thing to ponder. No, I have I to say about this Rose Oracle deck, I didn't even realize that Rebecca Campbell had more than just the Starseed Oracle. I'm not like a card guru. I don't, I try not to get sucked into that stuff because then I would not have any money at all. Like, I mean, I already have, what do I have? Like I have seven decks. I don't fucking need any more because I have a tarot deck as well that I, I, I work with the Major Arcana more than I work with the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the imagery of that tarot deck as well. And I find I'm kind of with you on the idea of like not necessarily getting so hooked into what the book says, but also with the vibe of the card itself and what my intuitive information comes through with the pulls. But like, I hadn't heard about the fact that there was this Rose Oracle and like all I've seen in the last five fucking days in my newsfeed is everyone, like our friend Tracy has this Oracle deck. Someone else in my newsfeed just purchased this deck and is talking all about it. And I was like, like what fucking planet am I on? that I didn't even realize that it was even being released. Like it, I'm starting to see uh, like other witch groups that I'm in on Facebook that talk about then like, oh, this is my new deck. And have you guys seen this? And it's like, I just had to like take a step back and laugh at myself. I'm like, wow, apparently this deck probably has some information for me. So, I mean, hey, whatever. I haven't obviously purchased the deck yet, but I do appreciate roses. It's one of my, I actually have roses tattooed on my arm. It's one of my favorite flowers. I've worked with that plant medicine a lot. Um, rose hip oil is fantastic for your face and just the smell of roses and also neuroli we were talking about this yesterday those two scents for me are um, soul level like cell memories where like as soon as I smell it I'm taken back in time and I can just pause and it's almost like I can feel and hear and see all of my Akashic records kind of play out it's kind of cool it's a super interesting experience interesting Mm mm-hmm Yeah. And it's interesting too, because even for myself, um, I was really like, I mean, you know, like as I've kind of connected back into like the more goddessy stuff, like I've actually been really drawn to the roses, which was another weird similarity, right? Like I really love these roses and I like, I had roses for my backgrounds for lots of things. These are not quite roses. These are kind of more peonies, I think. Um, close enough but like it's just really interesting that I'm really connecting into this and I actually um I started reading the Sophia code um oh yeah I don't know what was that that was probably almost two years ago because I think I was still pregnant at the time um and I I might have had my daughter already I can't remember anyways a while ago and so I had started reading it and I got to, I think only two chapters in and I just couldn't go any further. Like I just had a lost interest in it. But the whole first um, chapter was like, literally I had my entire crown was just tingling the entire time. And I was just like getting downloads after downloads. And I was just like, I'm reading it in the bath and I'm just like, I got out and I was just disoriented. It was so weird. Hmm. Um, and so anyways, I was pulling pulling cards or I was doing something with the cards um yesterday or the day before and oh they actually she actually has a card um for Sophia or Sophia I can't remember how I want to pronounce that Sophia I think I want to say it um and I pulled that card and that was I was doing like a four season spread so like the first one is like three months from now like within the next three months the second cards for six months third cards for nine months and then the next ones for 12 months Mm -hmm. and my 12 month card was actually the Sophia or Sophia 
I'm gonna do that the entire episode. I don't know. I think Sophia sounds way cooler than Sophia. Sophia is like common, you know. Sophia sounds more badass. So let's just go. With it's it. it's because in Selkirk, one of the towns that I you know know quite well. Um, yeah. They have a street called Sophia, and so I want to say that, but then I feel like it's Sophia, like yeah. for the book, and I just so I keep my brain alternates them. But anyways. Anyway, so there is a card in here that is for the Sophia code or Sophia or whatever. Um, and it pinged me. I'm like, I need to reread that book. Hmm. So I'm going to jump back into that one very soon. I think. That's exciting. I'm actually also being called to go back to some books that I've read before. Mine are a little more scientific in nature-ish. Um, uh, so I was on a trajectory at some point to maybe explore holistic nutrition as a degree in addition to all the other degrees that I don't use. <laughs> um, but I had done some research on the reading list, which was readily available by the college that I was looking at. And it was really cool because they actually recommend books by Carolyn Mice, which for like a holistic um, education that does make sense. But that was kind of like, to me was my first experience with realizing that spirituality and soul work really is a part of the whole human's wellness um but I went and back and I purchased a couple of I didn't purchase the Carolyn Mice books I took them out of the library because they were available but any of the books on that reading list that weren't available I ended up purchasing a couple of years ago and one in particular which I'm re-diving into is called Eating Alive and then there's also Eating Alive 2 and those books are essentially an explanation of what your digestion system does what the cascade effects are when something is going wrong, where the cascade effects happen. And then the second book, which I have, haven't gotten past the first chapter, but that one is more recipes and it's actually giving you the bones of what you need to rebuild your gut health and your overall vitality from the inside out, which I thought was really fascinating. And it is written by a doctor. That's cool. And, yeah. And so it's been pinging me this past couple of weeks. Like I need to go back and revisit these books again. And like, and with our decodes trainings as well, like I've got a completely different awareness of reading this information. So I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy store getting all excited about my like, like understanding of the digestive processes again and what the gallbladder does, what the liver does, what, and what happens when they're not working together and all of those really, really cool things. So um, it's funny that we're both, we're kind of approaching spring and yet we're kind of revisiting some things that, you know, maybe we set aside for a little while. It sounded painful. I knocked it. Uh, my, I'm sitting on the floor next to my closet and I just whacked my closet door. With my finger. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, I usually, kip, I usually uh, hit my knee on my, I have a, I'm using a laptop, but I have a desktop computer as well. And it's tucked away underneath my desk. And I, I will often be twirling in my chair when I'm antsy and uh, I'll crack my knee on it all the time, which sounds almost the same as what you just did with your <laughs> oh, algorithm interrupt much. Yeah, maybe, clearly. Maybe the cards are saying get on with it and come play with us because that's essentially what we want to do is have a little bit of fun today. Yeah, because this, I don't know, like, I just, I was getting the sense of like 2021 and 2022 thus far has been so heavy Yeah. and ridiculous. And like, I don't mean ridiculous to trivialize anything, but I just mean like, honestly, if aliens invaded tomorrow, I'd be like, cool, this is 2022. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> nothing's off the table I feel like it's just it's a very strange energy to be in yeah. um and I'm like you know what let's just 
let's make up our own most ridiculous things that could happen and pull cards and see what they say. That's funny. I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. We can even compare what you get and what I get for the same question. Yes, I love it. Um, so I just, I kind of, I think we should start with like, you know, some at least somewhat grounded questions. So like okay. maybe even just what the energy of the next week is going to be like. I'm down with that. I like that too, because I'm using a, my earth or earth magic deck, which is a very grounding deck. It's my favorite deck to work with. Well, maybe you'll right. be like the more grounded version of where I want to take things. I don't know. That's fine. All right. Cards, tell us what's up for the next week. What do the cards say? This one's sticking out. Oh, okay. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. So I had a couple of cards fall out of the deck, but the first card I pulled is forest. Ooh. which to me is it's interesting because it's like the imagery in itself is like a deep green beautiful forest burgeoning like you know just after a fresh rainfall there's some beautiful purple flowers at the bottom and it kind of looks like you're getting drawn further back through the forest right so kind of looking beyond the trees is how I would take a look at it and it's also captioned with the phrase breath and for me um like I'm not even gonna look, look at the book I'm just gonna go straight through with my kind of interpretation of that but it seems fitting for, you know, we're kind of gearing up to spring equinox right away and a full moon kind of all happening around the same weekend, which is the same weekend that I'm going off grid for a few days. I couldn't have planned it better myself, except I did plan it myself. Um, but that idea of breath, taking a breath, and we've also been talking about breath work a lot recently, and I've kind of been exploring the idea of the Wim Hof method, but not necessarily actually putting into practice yet because cold plunging is a little terrifying. Um, started in the spring, you yeah. know, cold plunging or in the summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think the ultimate message with this card is like, you know, you, you can't, if you can't see the forest for the trees, it's time to slow down and, and, and kind of ground in and ground into your own breath. And the best way to do that in the human body is to, you know, recognize when you're shallow breathing and work to controlling that and deepening your breath like filling the bottom of the lungs not just the top of the lungs exhaling deeply as well to get all of that out of your system and you know I like the idea of looking around you and and seeing where you can kind of ground in and anchor in your own energy and connecting back to that forest like if you're in the forest the microbiome that is available to you when you're breathing in that air is unlike what you can achieve in the city. I spend a lot of time in the forest as well. So I almost want to say like, if you can get yourself out of nature this week, that would likely be um, also beneficial. And then the three cards that fell out were contradictory, um, but that, that also kind of fits in with the energy of unpredictability. So uh, the card of the shaman, rain and the volcano, um, so to me, I'm almost looking at it like a shamanic birth and death, because this is what I'm kind of seeing of, you know, when you go into that journey with self and you're focusing on your breath and you're in the forest and you're walk doing like a walking meditation. Um, I often get a lot of downloaded information that way and clarity on what's going on in my life. And that balance between the volcano card, which is a fire energy and the rain card, which is a water energy and that balance and bringing back balance. So I would say my cards are telling us that, you know, to trust our own inner wisdom and maybe do your own personal shamanic journey this week in a safe way and get yourself in the forest and really i guess have your eyes open to the way the elements are wanting to work with you um, because we're kind of in that stage of sometimes it rains sometimes it snows and then sometimes it's melting sometimes the sun is really hot 
um, you know, you dress for winter in the morning, but you come home dressed like summer in the evening. It's kind of that energy, especially in our province where we live. So um, bringing us back to kind of being aware of the elements around us and how, they are, the, how they're here to, to work with us. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mine was vastly different. <laughs> All right. I had sacred union. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so this card is it's very interesting because you can like a very sensual looking woman touched. I don't, I don't, shouldn't do that on camera. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I just rubbed my face in the way that she was having her face rubbed in the card. I'm like, I should not make eye contact with myself when I do that. Um, But then there's, you know, some obviously roses. (laughs) Or should you? Well, not at least when I'm recording. How about that? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but the messages that are on this card are beloved within and then inner and outer relationships. And I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I've read something from our little Colby over there who oh, yeah. does some of the or most interesting like astrology reading thingies that I have seen. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was just talking about relationships and how mm. some of them can feel really, I'm going to use the word crunchy right now. Don't quite know why I want to use the word crunchy. Um, and that like, we might say things that we don't mean to say, or that we kind of like, I don't know, like that just shouldn't be said yet or, or shouldn't be said aloud. Kind of like, you know, where you're just going to say something just to pick a fight with someone. And I feel guilty. like, yeah, I know. I also guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, it won't go into story, but it's just like, yeah, I, I am very well aware of like, I know I shouldn't say this thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Cause I know it's going to just like a little bit of like a sliver or a paper cut that's just going to be annoying enough that you understand where I'm coming from, but I really didn't have to say it. Um, Feel that. Yeah. I'm working on it still. I'm getting better. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of this, like this back and forth between relationships and like both in like within yourself and externally. So just being very mindful of where that's coming from. And I feel like it's going to be, I don't want to use the word healing because it's not so much that it's going to be a healing process, but I just, I feel like relationships are going to, they are trying to, sorry, I'm getting like, instead of images that I usually get, I'm getting like tactile um, things. And like, they're like, it's like slippery, like lube. (laughs) So instead of crunchy. Instead of crunchy, it's going to be slippery like lube. <laughs> oh man, my intuition is super weird right now. We're going to have to label this one not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> Your relationships are going to go from crunchy and hot, like, you know, squishy <laughs> to slippery oh, and lubey. Geez. Well, that's kind of funny because the crunchy and the hot and angry is fire energy. And then the other is the water energy, which does tap into my cards as well. But I wasn't going to go down that route, but who knows what the next reading is going to bring. <laughs> Sacred unions, guys. Just be prepared. If you're not ready for babies, use protection. 
Oh, Lordy. <laughs> awesome. Oh, cool. What, what, what do we want to say now? <laughs> uh, well, what if we pulled cards for the season, the upcoming season, the spring season? For spring. Okay, cool. What, what messages do we need to know for spring? I think my dragons want to play. Okay. Whoops. Okay. I cannot take five cards. That is more than five. Well, okay. What is the energy of spring? What do we need to know for spring? Oh, I do need to read the book for this one because it's written very well. The card I pulled is the platinum dragon. I'll show it up for the friends that are on video. It's beautiful. And this dragon is silvery iridescent and it has um, different colored, like rainbow, like chakra colors. Although I don't really like the whole chakra teachings thing, but I do think the imagery of the chakras is really, really beautiful um, with all of them lit up. And then it actually almost looks like her tail is, um, or I shouldn't say her, I can't assume it's female, I don't remember um violet like a, a flame of violet which is super interesting like I don't know what this means but I had this journey once where I was told that I was a keeper of the violet flame and yet I've also recently come into the awareness that often people who are like really into the like love and light and positive vibes like all the bypassing stuff they sometimes turn to these things for protect protection when we don't really necessarily need the protection like if you kind of live in a, in this world where you you feel like you will always need to be to be calling on protection what if you actually worked on healing yourself to the point where you can determine and be on your own to clear that stuff out without the protection like i have get, i get a clearer read when i'm not bubbled up you know mm -hmm. platinum oh that's funny i am the keeper of secrets um it's a, it's a male dragon my bad sorry dragon i sometimes get them confused um <laughs> they're kind of androgynous though they are but i mean the, the the person that channeled this deck did make it clear that there was like feminine and masculine energy and they've identified these dragons as such so i thought that's super interesting anyway um okay yes ancient wisdom um i am the keeper of secrets and which are as old as the universe itself i am here to impart the ancient knowledge to you for yourself and others. This wisdom has been hidden for eons and forgotten by many. Now it is time for these memories to resurface and for you to acquire ancient knowledge. Like many things, these secrets have been hidden in plain view. You only need to do to ask to be re to reconnect with them. So I like reading the quote, but I don't necessarily read much else about the book, but there's another page still of, of explanation. But from that, in and to relate it to the spring, that's kind of where I'm at with my energy of this, like, to me, this feels more like a natural New Year's than January 1st ever did. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea that's still kind of that rebirth cycle and, and kind of tapping into our wisdoms of what we've gone through in the last couple of years. And now how does that, how is that relevant? What can we take from it to move forward in life and build something anew based on the experiences and the ancient knowledge that we already have? coming to us and it is accessible because really man all you need to do is ask for clarity and the universe will provide like you really do need to ask the question i did ask this question earlier today because i'm planning some circles some online circles that i'm going to start hosting regularly and I, I had i had actually asked this morning for clarity on where i should take these circles and what their themes should be and by the end of my hike this morning a couple of hours later i already had the information drop in so it really is that you know, 
you ask and you shall receive kind of thing. But if we're not asking and we're just kind of swimming in the what ifs, like you actually have to pull yourself out of that and be like, okay, wait a second. Can I have some clarity here? So. Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Hmm. Mine is very similar to your first couple. And it is, we are nature. That's amazing. Yeah. So this lovely woman on this card, she is laying in a field of like, I would, I want to call them dandelions. Probably not dandelions, but they look like dandelions to me. That's what they remind me of. And then her hair is actually um, braided grass, which is super cool. Well, that's pretty. Yeah. I don't know if you can quite see it, but it's very beautiful. It's a little bit muted on my screen, but it is much more vibrant in the card. And it says becoming grounded, embodiment, and living in connection. And I really also feel like a lot of this is in relation to, like, I want to just say, like, honoring the seasonal change, you know, like, we're going to be going outside a little bit more because it's going to be getting nicer. Um, I mean, later on in the late season or the late spring, early summer, I usually start doing some planting. Um, but I think right about now would be when you'd want to start your seeding. Um, if I recall correctly. So like even just doing some sort of like intentional practice with your seeds and like, you know, starting to sprout things so that you get your garden going, um, you know, like you said earlier, going out and like getting out more into nature and, and going to the forest and like really embodying or being around that nature. And I also too love the idea of like this living in connection because I also feel like with spring and the coming out of like of our homes, I feel like winter, we're very much more of like hermited. We don't really go out and do much um, unless you're one of those people who love winter, in which case go you. Um, but I know myself, like I am a hermit. I will see my family around Christmas time. We've got a couple of birthdays that we will attend in the early winter, or I should say later winter. Um and then like, I'd like, other than that, like if I don't have to leave my house, I won't cause it's too bloody cold out. Um, <laughs> and so when the spring comes, like, oh my, let's get out there. Let's see the people I want to like, you know, I want to be where the people are and until I don't. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's like, I also too want to start like building those connections and start fostering a community, um, you know, and, and growing you know, not just like seeds, but like planting those seeds for connection as well. So yeah, very much similar to what you had said, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. I dig it. I dig it. It does fit in with the theme, like thinking about Austera. I've done some Austera card spreads in the past and how mm -hmm. it is that idea of, okay, you have these seeds, whether they are physical plant seeds or like energetic, like ideas, and it's time to start planting them and you know, if once you do the work in the planting, you know, you're kind of preparing for harvest later on when we get down to harvest season. So um, it's going to be super fascinating to see what kinds of things come out of the creations that I'm putting out into the world and what others like our listeners are doing as well. Like, and even you, I know you're also starting to do a little bit more getting ourselves out there and, and actually stepping forward in all of the things that we've wanted to do for the last two years. But I think we've, we've all collectively been so hijacked. Mm -hmm with the distractions that have been going on. But now that the clarity is starting to come through, 
even if there is still chaos happening, we're seeing through it and we're pulling away from the distraction and, and turning back towards like elements helping us, Mother Earth helping us and inspiring us and thinking about like, what kind of world do we actually want to live in? Because the last two years are not it. They're really not it. And that's cool. Like we needed to be shown that so that we can create something new. So I'm super excited to see and hear and just kind of move forward with all of the fun things that all of us in our community are actually creating in the next little while. Yeah, it'll be really, really exciting to see. Like I I sit back and I think about like, okay, where was I at the beginning of like the pandemic? Because we are what, four, probably five, six, seven, seven ish days a week away from like two years of being in the pandemic. March 9th was my last day of work. Yeah. And I, I feel like we shut down on the 13th. Officially. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like it's, it's seven days. Yeah. That's wild. Right. And, and like, I mean, granted we're, we're opening everything back up, like no masks, no nothing on the 15th in Manitoba, which is like super crazy. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting to feel that energy flip. Like, I just feel, I don't know. I, I felt like, I guess maybe it was like a perpetual winter almost, you know what I mean? Like I felt like we were so dark and gloomy and like, you have to be fearful and we got to be worried about like how we're going to survive and all that type of energy. And now that we're like, shifting past that and moving past this I'm just like I'm so excited I literally want to go and stand on the street corner with a, a sign that says free hugs and just hug everyone I don't actually <laughs> I will likely not do that <laughs> Aaron's like please don't actually touch me I'm just it is certain people will be okay um but I'm not like I'm a I'm an extroverted introvert like I like yeah my Leo energy makes you think that I love people more than I actually do, but my inner Cancerian, cause I'm a cancer sun and cancer moon. And I'm just like, don't actually touch me. I don't want it. I don't like feelings. You know, that's so. fair. She won't even hug me, you guys, which is totally um, it's cool. not, it's, we have, but it's not like a thing. Like, we don't greet I, each other with hugs. <laughs> I think I also have this thing where like, do I touch this person? Do I not touch this person? Yeah person feel about this how do I feel about this I've got some weird things about touch man I should probably <laughs> track that <laughs> yeah I suppose I am a hugger but it needs to be some like don't just assume I'm gonna hug you you know like at least be like can we hug or like indicate that you're coming in for a hug don't just like unless you're like close and personal to me don't just like sideswipe me like the hooks that tear, carry people off the stage like you know, if, if I'm dating you, okay, fine. That's cool. But like, if I'm not dating you, like don't touch me without permission, <laughs> but kids are a different story. Like when I was teaching, I was so filled up. My cup was so filled up because kids are cuddly and they, they love their teachers and they will hug their teachers. And I love that. And it was like, kid hugs are the best hugs ever. Any, any, anyone really like that is, is wanting to connect with their teacher in that way says a lot about the community and the relationship that I got to have with my students, which is really, really cool. Um, but now that they're growing up and like my youngest age group of kids, when I taught them are now in middle years, my God, I don't know that they're still down with hugging and I'm not their teacher anymore either. So, you know, but I mean, if I were to run into somebody that I haven't seen in a long time, instinctually, my first experience or my first nudge is to want to hug them. 
like if you travel to Europe for a year and then I haven't seen you in a year, even though Zoom is like still pretty close to what we, I mean, we live in the same city, but I see you more on Zoom than I do in person. Yeah. You know, like if you actually traveled for a long period of time and then came back, heck yeah, I'd be giving you a hug to welcome you home. Friends of ours that we haven't met yet from overseas and freaking rights they are getting bear hugs when we meet in person for the first time. But once you start hanging out with them regularly, do I need to hug you every single time? Probably not. But this pandemic has really, the lockdown part of it has really amplified how much I didn't realize I was relying on that human connection. And I think the whole world kind of feels that too. Um, mm -hmm. But spring kind of feels like Mother Earth starting to hug us again and bring us back to life. So oh. I'm here for it. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and actually that jogs a little bit of a, uh, I don't know. It's not really a memory because it hasn't been too far from current situation for it to be memory that's a weird way of saying it um but what i saw recently was one of our mentors had shared um i think it was a study about how touch actually helps um release oxytocin which and i i can't quite remember how it was framed or how it was phrased in the study or whatever article it was um but it makes sense right like touch obviously affects the way that we, um, like it affects our body and a lot of our, uh, chemicals are released. Like our brain feel good chemicals are released through touch. Um, like one of the things that I've read, um, previous to, to, you know, before this article came out, um, is that how a, I think like a, a 30 second hug can do much more for your immune system than, um, like, I'm not saying like, don't take vitamin C and only rely on hugs, but like a hug can help boost your body to fight off depression and immune um, system issues and things like that. Um, and like, that's a 30 second hug. Yep. Right. And so if we look at how the lockdowns have really affected people mm -hmm. over a vast majority of, of like the time that we've had, right. Like that's, let's just round it out two years, two years of like no hugs for yeah. some people, right? Like I know I've been really limited. I've got a nice toddler. So I've been getting lots and lots and lots of hugs. Um, I've got a very loving husband who is very affectionate and loves to give hugs and cuddle. Um, I've still had family that I was able to see and give hugs to and things like that. But like for an individual who might be a single person out there in the world who, you know, maybe has family living elsewhere and hasn't really been able to get out and see people, they would be much more susceptible to things like anxiety and depression and various illnesses because their oxytocin and, you know, those feel good hormones haven't been, you know, flushing through their body on a more regular basis to help clear out some of that inflammation and that dis-ease and things like that. Like, I don't think we fully grasp the, the magnitude of health issues that could come from this like the way that we've locked down the world for the last two years. And, and I think it, we're just we're, scraping the surface on that. I mean, I seeing it in mental health, like a lot of people now are starting to come out of the woodwork, especially now that we're opening up, there's a whole new wave of like anxiety. Um, but it's really interesting to see how it has affected many different people. I would say that they're also doing a really great failure on the way that they are reopening because like I'm a rip the bandaid off kind of person, but that's not good for somebody who is struggling with anxiety and depression. And uh, anyone that also has um, 
different sensory issues as well. And like, we've essentially taught a lot of people that to live in fear of their neighbor, like quote unquote, like metaphorically and, and otherwise. And there, to me, I don't see enough information being put forth by the authorities that be quote unquote authorities um, to really make it make it okay for others we're not making we're not giving the right information to make others feel safe about the reopening plan i completely understand why they chose to go in reverse order of like if they keep if they kept adding a layer and then they hold on to that all all of the most insane versions of the lockdowns that they went and then they slowly start to peel back each layer that makes sense but what i'm not hearing is reassurance that it's safe to return to society I'm not hearing reassurance that it is actually okay to be in close proximity of your neighbor. I'm not hearing the conversations around how it feels when somebody is approaching you and one of you is masked and the other one isn't, but one of you backs away from the other because there's still that level of fear of interaction. And we're not amplifying all of the varieties of scientific studies on all sides of the argument that are still indicating that people need human connection. That is how we thrive. Mm -hmm. And they're not admitting their mistakes yet. They haven't gotten there yet. And I hope that this happens within the next two years, because what I'm still seeing right now is such polarity. And the fact that there is a group of people who have been so conditioned to believe that opening back up again is a threat to their safety, just like the original reasons were for the lockdowns being a threat to their safety. Like all they've done, it's the same as when you're going into an addiction or trying to clear away from an addiction as something that commonly happens is like, for example, like I used to smoke in my, like in my teens and twenties, I used to, I used to smoke cigarettes. Like it was awful. I stopped. Ironically, I quit when they got too expensive. $10 a pack was too much for me. I don't even know how much they are now, but I know they're more than that. And they're also smaller. Like the, portions are smaller which I find really fascinating but anyway shrinkflation literally (laughs) Uh, anyways when I quit I didn't necessarily quit the the oral aspect of the smoking like I still enjoy taking a drag I still like that sensation I don't want a cigarette though I've used other plant medicines do I want to do that all the time no do my lungs want that no So what did I do for the first three years? I used to replace that with chewing gum, which then become clenching my jaw, which then becomes grinding my teeth when I sleep at night. And until I really looked at the psychological reasons for that oral fixation and unwound that, I couldn't necessarily break free from that replacement. So I'm, I gotta say like, we're really still kind of failing society with not giving them the tools to come out of this with the least amount of quote unquote damage for lack of a better phrase, like acknowledge your mistakes. It's not that hard to do. Say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Here's how we can fix it. Building trust again is going to take a long time, but I still think that we need to get more of that information out there. And I did read that article actually that our mentor shared as well. And that's something else that I thought was really a fascinating thing that stood out was that even if you are single and you aren't able to have that human interaction in the way that like, I mean, my job, like I used to serve in a very public building with a high turnover of traffic constantly. And my clients, the regulars in that section of the building would get to know you and you would get high fives and handshakes and fist bumps. And 
joking around and like bumping shoulders and the occasional client would hug or offer hugs. But these are ones that like we've been serving for years already and we know personal details about them and they know the personal details about us. Not as cool, not as, as odd as like the random stranger at the bar wanting to give you a hug just because he's had a little bit too much rye or something like that, yeah, you know, yeah. but like, um, a replacement. And it's kind of funny because this is something that I do without realizing the benefits is that our body has sensory receptors and we're actually intrinsically programmed to receive touch on many different la layers and levels in the body. It's not just about the hug, like a handshake, a gentle, like rubbing of your own skin, like body oiling is a really good self-practice that I do often, um, just to kind of get that sensory ex um, experience. But something else that was mentioned in that article was like having a hot shower, warm, hot shower. I freaking love hot showers. I will shower every day. I will like let the hot water run on my skin until it's beet red. And I know that's like the worst thing for dry skin. Don't even care. That's to me, water has always been therapy. And it's like, that's super interesting because we're not an affectionate family. I did not grow up in an affectionate family. Ironically enough, my brother and I and my nephews, both of my nephews, my sister's kid and my brother's kid, we're all affectionate, but we're not affectionate with each other. Interesting. But by nature, we all actually enjoy cuddling and hanging out and um, like holding hands and all those kinds of things. Like, I, I think that last year was the most I've ever hugged my brother. Well, in the last two years, we've hugged more in the last two years than we ever have in the 40 years that I've been alive, which is fascinating, but yet it's still not necessarily something that's widely accepted as true in my family. Like, I love my uncle to death, but we, we never hugged. But now that he's gone, I would freaking have loved to have had a hug, you know? So it's an interesting perspective, but yet we kind of do th other things like make, you know, jokes and you get the side eye looks and the smart ass remarks between our family. And that's how we shared love instead, you know, and like other families dynamics, whether they're dysfunctional or not, like they'll have like quote unquote loving name calling, that kind of thing. Like I'm not necessarily on board with the name calling, but I've got some wounding there. Um, but I mean, it works, whatever works for you, let's take a look at, okay, how are you actually coping in the last little while? Is that how you actually want to continue? This again comes back to the, you know, planting seeds. What is it that you actually want the world to look like for yourself at your individual level? Plant your seeds there and then call it. By doing so, I say that's calling it in. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's a very interesting interesting kind of paradigm with just how we are going about things you know like even at work like we had a wasn't really a staff meeting it was more get to know the new manager oh yeah um and so with that obviously we had some discussions around like what do we see ourselves moving forward with the whole opening right because now yeah. we because of the capacity limits of certain things and the way that our our unit is structured we've been at half capacity. So instead of eight clients at a time, we can only take four. Well, now we're wanting to open up. And she's like, you know, instead of just like completely opening it up and being like, okay, let's go back to eight, which like many of us have been, I mean, I was off on a mat leave, so it's a little bit different for me, but most of the nurses have been working with only four clients on like at a time for two years, right? Like it's, it's really 
anxiety provoking for us to like just immediately go back to eight. So we were discussing how we were going to do that. And just like, even the way we were discussing it makes it seem much more relaxed and doable than what we're currently doing in society. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I am all for like, let's just rip the bandaid off because I've done my own research and I kind of have an idea of what everything's going, you know, like I, I kind of have an idea of like a little bit about what's been going on and how to best protect myself and things like that. But for a lot of the people who've been plugged into the mainstream media, like you said, yeah, it's, it's very difficult, difficult for them to just like instantly be like, oh, so we're not wearing masks and we're just going to allow people into everything. And, you know, yeah. cause a lot of them still have this belief that it's the, you know, the unvaccinated that are, um, you know, spreading it. And I mean, even at work, I've got to constantly remind people that like, hello, just cause you're vaccinated does not mean that you don't like that you don't spread it and that you can't get it. Like we need to be mindful of this. Like, this is the fall, like a fallacy guys. Like you yeah. are walking around with a false sense of security when you just believe that you're fine and that you don't get it and you can't spread it. And I'm like, no, no, guys. you know, and it's just like, sadly, you know, like that's how most of our vaccines work, but this one, not so much. Um, well, not the current versions anyway. We'll see what well, happens with the new ones that are coming out. Yeah. Whenever those come out, but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to see how all of this is happening. And, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am all for like, I just want to go back to normal. I mean, again, I'll probably still stay in my house, but. <laughs> well, that's I what just, I was saying earlier. Like you might be surprised what we actually choose isolation rather than being forced into it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too. Cause actually, um, when I, when I picked up my mom, um, on Monday last week, like we went to stop at one of the local stores just to, you know, grab some provisions, if you will. Um, <laughs> like and, word. uh, yeah, right. Sounds like I'm going on a journey. Um, <laughs> But we like full on almost walked into the Rexall without masks on. We were at the double doors and we were like, uh, wait a second. And we turned, it's, it's still not natural for me. Yeah. We've been living this two years and I still am not to the point where if I look at someone's face and I don't see a mask, I don't think it's weird. Yeah. You know, like if you come at me with you with a mask on, it's not weird to me. If you come with to me without a mask on, it's not weird to me. So I'm not like, I'm like the least likely to correct you on something like that. Like, especially when we're on the unit at my work, like people are like, Oh, did you see that? So-and-so didn't have their mask on. I'm like, Oh, they didn't. I probably just spent like the last 15 minutes talking to them and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really would like for the world to stop micromanaging each other. Um, it's really not like, this is a bold statement, but it's really not your responsibility to take care of my health. It's my responsibility, which also means that I get to carry the burden of risk. And that idea that somebody who's unmasked or unvaxxed is a super spreader is bullshit. We've been lied to, sorry to say. There is so much counter evidence out there that people are not willing to see. And there's even more counter evidence out there that has been censored. And that is where my heart wants to break a little bit for humanity but yet at the same time, I still see those threads of humanity shining through and realizing like, can we please just normalize treating each other like basic, decent human beings again? Can we please stop assuming the worst of a human and actually take a look at who they are? Like 
make eye contact because even when it was more normal to wear masks all the time, I don't see a lot of people making eye contact. In fact, when I would go shopping, I was, I had that energy of don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't, don't even engage. This is like, for me, it wasn't a thing and I didn't want to even engage in conversation with somebody. I was just like, let me get my stuff and get out of here. Ironically, kind of how I ran, went through high school too. Um, and junior high through the hallways. It's like, it's very similar feel there, but at the same time, if I had seen somebody that was perhaps being interrogated or questioned about whether they were or weren't wearing something, yeah, I'm going to intervene because I think we need more people taking care of each other and less people turning away. That being said, I pulled some cards for what the, what do we, what, how did I word it? What does 2022 want us to know? So if you want to do your card pull while I'm talking, you can do that. What does 2022 want us to know? And I use the Mermaid Oracle deck that was gifted to me by you. And the cards that came through are um, Farewell to the Moon, Appreciate and Enjoy the Lunar Light, uh, lunar light and Cycles. Um, floating. What? <laughs> right? Appreciate and Enjoy the, light, the Lunar Light and Cycles. So that's super interesting. Um, Another card says Mama. that says Wonder Voyage, Crossing Deep Waters, A Pilgrimage, A Journey of the Soul, and then Guide, um, which is two mermaids kind of whispering to each other, which is kind of cute. Um, this is a guide and mentor, a trustworthy alley. So when I think about the context of 2022, um, paying attention to the cycles of like the earth, the seasons, the moon, the sun, but also your own personal cycles. And then um, not being afraid to go through the deep waters because we've kind of been, I kind of feel like they've, they, whoever they are, have, have kind of put, there's like this layer of, you know, people drowning in the last couple of years, like drowning in information, drowning in distraction, drowning in distortion, drowning in the lies, the censorship, all of that nobody had we've been treading water and we've been kind of keeping afloat but we haven't really dove deep enough to take a look at what's it lurking in the shadows so to speak um but taking kind of that that back to that shamanic journey idea that pilgrimage like a journey of the soul again calling forth what it is that you want to create getting rid of the things that are no longer serving you and actually like uprooting them doing an energetic cleansing of self in a way like find someone that can walk you through an emotional release meditation uh what one of which i'll be releasing at the end of march action that's part of my circle so stay tuned to my instagram for for y'all that want to hop in on that um but something like that somebody that or somebody or something that can give you the tools to help you do the cleansing work and and sometimes shadow work can be a challenge when you really don't know what to do with what comes up um but seeking community again so that you can find that support system whether that is physically with touch or not like obviously your choice if you're not comfortable with it i'm not going to force it on you obviously and nobody should that's the whole point um and looking to like i really like the, the guide card because it's like how many of us in the last two years have can have like actively sought out some kind of mentor or guide maybe some of us haven't some of us have like i know i found a, a, like i've actually got a, a, a few mentors that showed up in 2020 that are still continuing to show up for me now mm -hmm. almost two years later and like I would not be in this position where I am today if it was not for those mentors and those connections um so a guide a mentor a trustworthy alley like who do you have in your life that you can count on 
because the last couple of years has really shown us otherwise. And I think 2022 is starting to help us rebuild those connections. So paying attention to the cycles, not being afraid of doing the deep work and looking for a trustworthy alley to, to walk you through that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. My cards are equally as awesome. Right on. I dig it. Here's I got it. the Holy Grail. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So oh, I pulled three cards because I was like, you pulled three. So I have to pull three. Um, and this card is just beautiful. Like it's, I can't quite describe it, but it's like, woo, a lady in a blue dress, which I mean, maybe they think that's supposed to be like um, Mother Mary or whatever. Um, and then like in the center here, there's like a beautiful red rose and coming out of the red rose is this chalice, which is supposed to be the Holy Grail, I guess, in this picture. Gotcha. Um, it's also interesting to note this, that the lady that has the blue dress on, she also yeah. has deer antlers. So that's very fascinating. Um, oh the, yeah, I love it. It's great. Um, the messages on this card are stop the endless searching and inner quest. Um, so to me, I feel like this is really going to be like kind of like an end of like looking externally for all of the things that we're seeking, right? The validation, the experiences, the information, um, you know, looking externally for like anyone having the answers instead of yourself right and and really diving deeper into ourselves um you know because i think what we are seeking is just a way of us trying to how do i want to phrase this what we're seeking we already have we just aren't aware that we have it within ourselves right? So from us seeking externally, we need to now know how to also bring that search from the external towards and into the internal, if that makes sense. The next card I pulled was come to me, which is beautiful. It's got this beautiful pink rose. There's a lovely woman in the middle of it. There's like a little tiny bee above the rose. And then there's these beautiful hummingbirds, which to me, I feel like the rose is just like beckoning, right? Like come to me. It's like this attraction type of energy. Um, it actually says attracting like a rose, receive abundance and desires. So I feel like if we can stop the endless searching with the Holy Grail card, we'll switch that, that energy into now knowing how to live in like live less in a state of lack and more into a state of abundance and actually start bringing to us the things that we wish to attract um and the last card that i pulled was the rose of venus which is super beautiful that's what i have tattooed on my arm i was gonna say we know this one and it's it's like also your little symbol on the on your background too right yes yes it is yeah and it also has it on here I don't, you can't see it because no, it's, it's very, very faint, but it's so beautiful. Um, it says alignment, flow, right relationship and harmony, which again is just echoing the two cards that I pulled or like, you know, previous, right? Like finding that state of like, once we can look within ourselves to know that we have all the things that we're seeking, 
you're going to get into a state of alignment. You're going to find this flow. You're going to find yourselves, you know, find yourself connecting with the right people to help, you know, further yourself down on your mission and your purpose and, you know, on your path, you're going to find that harmony that you're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just like all in all, I feel like this 2022 year, I was going to call it a season. That's weird. Well, kind of. This what season. if we flipped years to seasons? It's an interesting perspective. Be a very interesting perspective. Um, but either way, 2022, I think if we are taking the right steps, and I mean like not knowing that you need to know exactly what you're doing, but just waking up every morning and asking like, what's my next right step? Or, um, you know, what do I need to do to fully embody my mission and my purpose today? And just having those, you know, intuitive hits come to you and really following through on that. I think we will see a really amazing 2022. At least that's what I'm manifesting. I don't know about you all, but that's me. (laughs) I'm here for it. Okay. Fun time question. Okay um ish um two of them that i just thought of while we were chatting what is the next plot twist in 2022 and then you had an alien question yeah and then i have a follow-up alien question so let's do the what is what is the next plot twist for 2022 my earth magic cards want to speak again so i'll call up those um, but then I'm going to use my Starseed Oracle for the other ones because I got to go galactic for the galactic questions. All right. So what is the next plot twist for 2022? I feel like the plot twist, I'm going to pull out my Threads of Fate. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Threads of Fate. These cards are so heavy. I never realized. My, my Rose Oracle are very light. These ones are fairly heavy. Plot twist. Next plot okay oh so two cards fell out and then the one that i pulled on the top of the deck so the first card that the two cards that that fell out i'll talk about after um the card that i pulled was the milky way which is perspective so the next plot twist is perspective Ooh, that's interesting followed up with shape shifting which is a picture of clouds and uh, fog, which is says veiled. So it's very airy energy and shifty energy. And like, how cool would it be for something to shape shift out of the clouds through the through the fog to give you some perspective? Ooh. Right? Like that's that's interesting. I'm not not necessarily inviting in anything like creepy. Like no windy boys here. It's not windy boy season. <laughs> Hopefully they're hibernating. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, shape-shifting really, really pings me. Something shape-shifting-wise. So like, what kinds of versions of self or society do we have built up in our heads that need to shift so that we can gain the perspective? And, you know, like, can we look through what has been hidden or what is going to continue to be hidden or attempted to be hidden? Mm-hmm. Kind of my, my vibe for the plot twists. Mm-hmm. All right. What's yours? Okay, so I'm kind of sad about this. Oh. <laughs> I got withdraw, and I'm like, please, not another lockdown. Um, but then I also have dare to dream. Interesting. So very interesting indeed. So I kind of get the sense of like, 
I don't know. I feel like with this withdrawal card, it's really pulling me to like a mountainous landscape um, with like almost like if you're in Jasper in the morning with like the crisp fall or yeah, it's kind of like crisp fall air and like the fog is still kind of heavy on the mountains and it's just like you can smell the pine and you can, yeah, like Carol, you get it. I've like been there. I've experienced that exact thing at that season. Keep going. No, it's so cool. like, that's what it's bringing me to. So I feel like it's really like, I want to say like withdraw from society, but not in the sense of like, let's lock down. It's more of like, again, the tuning into the, like yourself, but also tuning into nature. Um, I really want, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I really want to pull in myself into more of like, I don't know, like a, a intentional quiet state, if that makes sense. And then the dare to dream card, um, also full disclosure, these are cards that I've actually pulled for myself over and over again, whenever I <laughs> ask what my next, like my, my 2022 is going to look like. Oh, so yeah. this is literally my 2022. I'm going to withdraw and then dare to dream. Um, and the dare to dream card, I feel like when we take that in like that time to do that intentional quiet moments. Um, and you don't have to go out into the forest to do it. You can do it wherever you'd like. I just feel like you need to connect with nature and then dare to dream, like dream up your most ridiculously abundant visions for the future. Um, some of you may not know that we are in like the most, I don't even know what to call it, but like the most like delusionally optimistic time period in all of astrology like for this I don't know for this year I don't know right now it's just really potent if you make manifestations out there be ridiculous and make like I mean obviously like positive please don't wish yourself horrible things yeah but like dream up like the most ridiculous things. Like I want to have an acreage that has a beautiful home on it that I can support my family and, you know, have uh, a garden that I can grow herbs and vegetables and like lots of things in um, my little dome as like an office space. Cause that, I just, I keep dreaming oh, that into existence. Beautiful. Um, surrounded by trees and having like, I don't know if I'm going to have to make a man-made lake or something, but I'm going to have water on it and it's going to be awesome. So I am really trying to visualize that and hone it so that it is a tangible experience in my inner verse so that I can project that into the outer verse, like out into the universe so that we can co-create to create that. I'm so excited. So needless to say, be ridiculous, dream up like your wildest dreams. What, if everything was to go right, what would your world look like? And like ridiculous, like to the point where, I don't know, have one of your indicators of you, you know, something so like, you know, I'll really know that this is real when I see herbal ice cream cone, Ooh. you know, like add in funky little weird things like that. Like don't just wish for a butterfly, a sign from a butterfly, be specific. Like I want to see a glow in the dark butterfly or something that is not ordinary, yeah. but yeah. like kind of oddball so that you're able to pick out that that is intentionally for you because I'm sure purple ice cream exists, but it sure as heck isn't that popular or, or common. 
right? So, you know, if you are dreaming up a certain thing and you're waiting for universe to show you that you're on the right track to achieving that, and then somebody walks by slurping on some grape or blueberry ice cream, you're going to probably stop yourself and, and kind of have a chuckle with the universe about, about that, right? So that's kind of my little pro tip for manifesting, like add in some little weird detail that only you and universe knows about so that when it shows up you can't doubt it there's no shadow of a doubt there like it's literally haha thank you and and moving forward so mm -hmm. so you can ask your alien question and then i'll i've already pulled the cards for the follow-up question so yeah i'm gonna dig it i'm, I'm all about continue. the aliens i'm gonna continue with the um nice with the lumen deck because i just feel like they want to come play um, so I had jokingly said like aliens are going to come to Tokyo. <laughs> That's awesome. I, just, I just kind of feel like I need to like broaden that by saying like, oh, hopefully it's not your question though. No. Um, <laughs> but like saying something like, will we get some sort of like disclosure from aliens this year? Cause I think that would be really super fun. I think that if majority of humanity wouldn't, they might be more likely to show up on the planet. Yeah. But I feel like it's still energetically unsafe for them to be visually available. Could you imagine though? That would be, oh my God. I had this conversation with, with my brother actually. And I was like, cause he, I mean, we've always kind of been fascinated by UFOs and aliens since childhood. Like my mom would come outside. We would go stand in the backyard together and we would talk, look for UFOs, but what we were really looking for were the satellites, right? And we would joke about it. And my mother would sometimes freak me out a little bit and I would get upset and then I'd run inside and they would laugh and it's fine. Um, but like, there's this interesting fascination with the stereotypes of, you know, aliens and whatnot. And I said to him, I'm like, what would you actually do if a UFO dropped down into your backyard and an alien walked out? What would you, your first reaction be? And how would you know to communicate with it? And he actually couldn't really answer me. And I said, like, have you ever considered using telepathy? Because if I can send you a look from across the room over Christmas dinner, and you know what I'm thinking, just by the look I've given you, that's telepathy. So why would it be any different if aliens were to actually show up in your backyard, rather than the knee-jerk response of wanting to grab something to, to protect your physical human body from them as if they're a threat? How do we know that they're a threat? We, we've never really been given any information about whether they are actually threatening or not and i think majority of the collectives out there aren't actually threatening at all to humanity i agree <laughs> your cards um, i'm i am highly entertained because my cards are being sassy oh that's great <laughs> dig it dare to dream <laughs> again <laughs> they're like ah ha 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 yeah right but then followed up with speak truth <laughs> so what I hear is no we're not coming in like a physical embodiment of like the spaceships yeah. coming down however yeah. we are already here yes mic drop <laughs> so to go off on that a little bit even further is that another thing that my mom and I would joke about too is that she's like well I think we are the aliens and she's been saying this to me since I was a kid she's probably not wrong I mean, if I do have a Pleiadian aspect of self, technically that would be considered an alien because they don't live on earth. So my question, which I think is a wonderful way just to kind of wrap up this whole debauchery of our, our podcast for today, which was a fun time. Um, the question that I asked is what do our alien friends have to say? 
Oh, that's a good question. Right? So the, I got three cards for this. The first one that came up is the Hedarians. Ooh. Now, now this is the Rebecca Campbell Starcy Oracle deck. The Hedarians. And it says, you've got the love. It says codependency and boundaries. Now, codependency is not necessarily an ideal way to operate from. However, as long as you are in an equal opportunity um relationship with the person you can work on your codependency aspects of it clear all of those aspects of it and then it can blossom into something really beautiful so I do think that like especially with being forced into isolation for so long um it really doesn't surprise me that there likely would be some codependency forming like unfortunately a lot of us have some codependency on the government and our medical system when we shouldn't and we're going to pull back from that a little bit and realize that they're not necessarily operating in our best interests Mm -hmm. um and so unwinding from that and then also who else in your life is there some things that maybe could be tweaked a little bit with some healing you know working together rather than than this like savior martyr victim type of like trifecta um, and then they also talk about boundaries. Now, when I tap into Hedarian energy, it's a very loving, warm hug, which is kind of funny because that's what we all need right now. Um, but being firm in your boundaries doesn't mean the end be all end all of something, you know, like it's okay to say no. Um, there are people in my life that when I say no to them, it risks a really raucous control drama argument. And so for the most part, I try to keep my physical distance from them, but communicating via text message or email or over the phone, there's a boundary there. There's an energetic boundary there where I'm able to remain in my safety zone and they're able to remain in their safety zone so that even if things escalate, there isn't a physical threat, but we can still communicate, you know, and my hope is that more healing comes to that family line so that, and my friend line as well, because there are a few friends that also like to pull control dramas with me still despite the fact that we're old, <laughs> older, I should DNU that we're not actually old. I just like to joke that we're old. Um, you know, so it's like that idea of, I almost kind of want to bring back Callie and, and think about, you know, it's okay to set some boundaries, but we're doing it out of love, not out of anger and out of resentment and all, all those things. The second card that came through um, is Andromedan energy. Fascinating. Right. And the imagery is beautiful. It's like this really rainbow multicolored, like it actually looks, actually, I think it is an eye, like a human eye, mm-hmm. iris. And then it kind of blends into the galaxy. And it's, it's, I actually would like to paint it. It's really, really cool. And then someone is kind of diving into the pupil of the eye and there's like a splash of water behind them. Um, but it says adventure and saying yes to change. Now that I think is, I think a, like kind of the message for the world right now whether you agree or not, we're going through transition. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like this for the next couple of years. Again, we've already talked about this. Things need to be broken down before they can be rebuilt. Saying yes to change instead of being in resistance to change holds the old paradigm in place. So it's time to let go of those. I think you had said this, you said this so beautifully. People are fighting things that aren't even going to come to fruition, but we're not really that great at testing into the trajectories of what is quote unquote predicted or whatever. And if you're holding on to the energy and the belief that things are going to happen, you're calling that into your life. Why call that in? Let it go. Let's take a look at what else is possible here. Cause I jokingly said, what if this may be triggering, but we're going to just, you know, it's about the, like the theory of the great reset versus the great, the great awakening. 
I jokingly said like, what if, you know, you'll, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy really just means that we're not going to have to pay property taxes anymore. Because if you can't own the land, why am I paying taxes on it? Exactly. Right. Like, let's look at the fun possibilities of what these things might mean. And I love that your cat shows up for this. I love it. It's like kitty cat energy. (laughs) And then the third card, which I think is, is important that came through is, um, it actually says earth pulsing. And it's not, you know, it's kind of that connection back from the galactic to the mother earth and realizing we chose life on earth at this time for a reason. It might feel, it might've felt like hell for a little while, but there is going to be a huge uprising of light workers, healers, star seeds, and just people who have a, a grounding understanding of how to rebuild or build something better than what was because we have realized so amplified that what has happened is not working and it's not going to work so that idea of it's so earth pulsing tapping back into mother's nature's rhythms kind of fits the whole theme of our cards this whole um this whole podcast and Mm -hmm. it says pulse of the mother slow down time in nature and it's this picture of this floral field again with the purples i love purple flowers and then there's a bit of a lake which actually leads you to a stream which leads you even further back to a waterfall so you're kind of looking at the trajectory of the water flowing towards you, but in reverse, which is kind of cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm here for it. I am super excited to see what 2022 is going to bring. I'm at the point where every bingo card that we jokingly made about each year is just getting more and more ridiculous. And at this point, I'm kind of looking at the world stage literally as a world stage and it's here for entertainment and we can't take life so seriously anymore. We need to start having some fun and working more in play and, and connecting with humans the best way that we can. And the faster you build your connections with your human community, the faster you can let your alien community, community come forth too, mm-hmm. with your connections to your guides and, and your aspects of self out there in the universe. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually very beautifully said because I feel like the more connected we are, the more we are strongly rooted in community, yes. the less power, the, I don't know, the craziness of 2022 has over us, yes. right? Like, I mean, I can't stop the idea of war. I can't stop various things happening on the political spectrum yeah. in the world right now. But what can I do? I can connect with my friends. I can connect with other, you know, humans that are ready to connect. I can work my light, if you will, to quote (laughs) Rebecca Campbell there and like actually get and spread my positivity. And like, I don't want to say like, everything's just love and light because it's not, that's not what I'm coming from. What I'm saying is I'm going to spread my positivity and my like, I don't want to say my beliefs because it's not really the beliefs, but like, I'm going to share my codes and my keys and my information out there into the world Mm -hmm. and whatever humans want to grab onto that and follow that. Awesome. If it's not for you, that's not for you. I'm not going to mince my words. I'm not going to, um, you know, silence my voice on certain things because like, that's just not how things should be. We are not in a situation where we, um, like this whole cancel culture censorship thing, which we've been literally talking about for like the last three weeks <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
you know, like just because we don't agree with someone's voice, we're going to silence them in some way. Like, I don't know. Anyways, where was I going with this? Essentially, if I can get out there and be with my friends and be with my people and talk candidly about what I believe and what's going on and, and have those open and honest discussions with people, that's going to help me feel more strongly rooted in my own system and my own experience on this earth and then be able to move forward and, you know, like share that information, um, you know, with more and more humans, right? Like us having this platform of being able to talk about it on a podcast reaches more people than if we just talk to people individually, right? Yep. And then on top of that, those people then can take the information and do with it as they wish. Um, I'm sure there are some people who talk about it, um, with their friends and, you know, their people, um, and move from there on, right? Like that's our information, you know, that isn't necessarily just from us too, because I think we're taking some of the things that we've learned and that we've heard and we're sharing it, um, on our platform so that we can share that message. I don't know. I'm getting really like inception-y vibes, you know what Ah! I mean? The message inside a message inside a message inside a message. Oh, geez. But that's essentially it, right? Like, yeah. we continue to share the love and we continue to share the communion that we share with our people. Um, it's going to spread. It's, it's like love spreads faster than hate, right? But just it takes one person to hate for it to, you know, like... I don't know why. Why is it that the negative energies tend to like just mix out the positive ones so quickly? I read something at some point that I might be misquoting. So if the if the actual ratio is off, like I'm sorry, but essentially it gave me perspective that for every negative comment made in a relationship, you need 10 positives to kind of negate the negative. Now, I don't know really why it is that the quote unquote negative or angry, hurtful energy is amplified more than the positive is. And yet I feel like anger and love might be on the same, I don't know, I could be wrong about this, the same vibration and the same energetic output. Maybe not the same vibration, but the same energetic output. Well, so and yet two sides of the duality, right? Right. And yet it's, it seems easier to get sucked into the anger aspects of things, you know? Um, I don't know that I have an answer to that question specifically, but it's definitely something curious to like explore that why we as humanity is so conditioned to buy into that negative stuff quicker. Like, and what is it about our brains and why they work that way that that's where they're kind of, they always kind of, I feel like we can reprogram that. Um, I'm just going to say, maybe it's the human condition. Maybe it's just the way that we've been raised in society to see the negative more than the positive. Is that just because it's what's been blasted at us? historically through media or maybe is there an evolutional or evolutional evolutionary kind of po- per, um, part to that in terms of like we're always looking for the danger and not the mm-hmm. safety, yeah safety which is, then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy um but to contrary that a little bit i would say um i think it was one of our mentors that said that anything that is built on hate crumbles implodes upon itself mm-hmm. So if there is a lot being flashed at you in the world that feels like it's not what you want, hold the satisfaction in knowing that it's 
really amplified right now only because it's becoming it's coming to the surface to be ultimately destroyed in some way cleared away that kind of stuff like we're going through a time of energetic clearing physically like systematically literally every single thing that didn't work on this planet is going to show its face and we actually want that Mm -hmm. so um let's turn that into some entertainment rather than detriment to our being and and look at it from a lens of this is all theater in a way and what it really is truth here where do I start to trust the information like I think the stronger we are at our own inner knowing and our own inner trusting of ourself and who we are the better we are able to determine self from non-self and then you know the more stronger we are at that the less pulled we are by the state of the world because we're allowed to see it from an observational stance rather than an experiential stance and not getting sucked into it, but we just kind of like watch it happen, watching it unfold. And it's not even a pick your battles anymore. It's more of a put down your swords. Pretty much. I agree. So. Beautiful. What a ride. (laughs) Today was fun. fun. That was very fun. It was fun. Very fun indeed. Oh, and mocha. Love it. She's been trying to escape my bedroom, so. That's fair. <laughs> Let me out, human. Yeah. I mustn't be locked behind the door. <laughs> my cat it clearly has an English accent. <laughs> it does. Why wouldn't it? That's amazing. Anyways. <laughs> that, loves, thank you for listening. Yeah, this was a really fun episode. I like doing this. I just got that moment of like you look to the left and you see cards and you're like it would be fun if and then that's and what we here did. we are and here we are <laughs> so yeah we would love your feedback if you found this episode entertaining it would be really helpful if you gave us a five-star review and a written review that helps raise our uh rankings all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. awesome well with that i don't know we'll sign off until next time yeah <laughs> all right, all right. Take care, everyone. 